How do we talk about what we need to talk about in this market with our buyers and our sellers? Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. All right. Great morning. Great Wednesday morning, everybody. Welcome to Agent Power Huddle. Amy is out here. Nice to see everybody today. And those of you that are going to catch the replay later, good to see you on the replay. Uh, today, we're going to talk about really, I'm going to, I want to do a refresher on the importance of doing buyer and seller consults and what should we be talking about in this market? Um, so I'm not going to do the basic, like you should talk about these things. Here are all your questions um, that you should be asking. This is going to be just a little elevated in how do we talk about what we need to talk about in this market with our buyers and our sellers? How many of us, if you're here live with me, how many of you are doing consults with your buyers and sellers? Okay, some of us maybe, some of us maybe not. Okay, that's okay. I think it's super important to do a consult. And I wanted to find what a consult is because I think that we need to think about it in a few different ways. I think when we talk about doing a buyer or seller consult, a lot of times we're thinking about this event that happens where we're on a Zoom or we have a scheduled call or we have a meeting in person where we're doing this consult with, with a person that's a potential seller or a potential buyer or both. And it can happen that way. And it's great when it does happen that way. However, it's not the only way we do consults. And I would say... I'm always ready for a consult. And that's something I've had to train myself to do because sometimes a phone call turns into a consult. Sometimes for me, a showing turns into a consult right there. How do you get on a showing before you've done a consult? Well, it depends on how you do business, right? So the standard in my business is I always want to talk to these buyer sellers ahead of time, ahead of going out for the appointment for the, for the listing, ahead of the first showing. However, I will allow a, a seller to invite me over with a very short conversation on the phone if that's what I can get to get the phone call to get the appointment. If that short phone call can result into an appointment and I need more information, I'm going to the listing appointment prepared to do a little bit more consulting on that appointment. And I will show one home to a buyer prior to pre-approval. Everybody feels differently about this. And sometimes that backfires on me because you do go and show a home and that and that person can't get the loan for some reason. And when I say backfires, it's not an immediate sale. However, it turns into a sale later on, right? Because I follow up, I stay engaged and we get them where they need to be. But the majority of the time when I meet a buyer in person for that one showing, that gives me an opportunity to get face-to-face to build some rapport, to begin to build a relationship and move them where they need to be. And the majority of the time that does turn into a, a sale, even if it's not immediate, it does turn into a sale. So I have more success than less success with that standard in my business. So that's a standard for me in my business. We all have to create those standards in our business. But that's what I mean about having those consults kind of always being ready on the fly. 
If I'm making calls today, which I'll be doing, if I'm making calls today and I get a person on the phone that I can see has been searching on my website for homes and I'm like, hey, this is Amy Izzo, Lenora, I'm just reaching out because I see you've been on the website looking at homes. I see you favorited 123 Main Street. Want to make sure you're getting everything you need. Shut up. See what Lenora says to me. We now have a dialogue. If she has time to talk to me, I'm going to go right into my buyer consult on this call. She doesn't know that's what I'm doing, but I know that's what I'm doing. Makes sense. So, and the way I direct the conversation is going to be very much based on what she says to me and what she's telling me. Um, that, but also, I want to insert a little bit of this market. So one question I always ask in my consults is, what do you know about the market? And I shut up. So I may, And I may phrase that a bunch of different ways. You phrase it how it's comfortable for you. So if I'm talking to Lenora and I've established she's a buyer looking for homes on the website and she says, oh yeah, I'm kind of just starting to look. I've, I, I did favorite that home at 123 Main Street, but I'm not sure yet. Great. Tell me what is, I may start with a little bit of, tell me what's creating the need to move. Tell me, tell me why you want to buy, purchase a home. Now I'm going to find out from her. Um, is she searching for the first time? Does she already own a home? Do we have something to sell? Because she's going to start to tell me her story, right? And then as I'm getting her story and we're talking a little bit, one of the questions I'm going to insert wherever it's appropriate is, tell me what you know about the market. I ask everybody that in all markets. And I think that's really important because I get an opportunity to hear what they know, what they think they know, to hear what they think they don't know. When people don't know, they'll tell you, well, I don't know. I don't know much about the market. I think I heard this thing. I also get to hear what their family is telling them or their friends or what the media is telling them. So I get to hear based on what they say to me, what they think they know, what they admit they don't know, what their questions are, because a lot of times that question will lead them to ask me a question, right? And that their question is really not an objection. I don't like to think about when people say something back to me as an objection. We talk about objections and overcoming them as salespeople, right? And that's what we are. We are selling, right? But we're also help. We're selling to help someone achieve a goal. But usually their questions are not necessarily objections. They're more just what they're curious about, information that they don't have, that they don't know or messages that they've received that maybe they don't fully understand or they think they do, right? Because they're they're hearing it on the news. They're hearing it through friends and family. They're hearing it from someone that bought a house 10 years ago. They're hearing it from someone that bought a house in 2020 when it was super, super, even harder than it is now, super, super hard and competitive, right? So you get to see what their limiting beliefs are around purchasing or selling. And you get to see what their concerns are just through that question of, tell me what you know about the market. And you shut up. So I'll say, tell me what you know about the market. And someone will say, well, the interest rates are double. They're so high. And I always like to agree with them. No matter what they say, I find a place that I can agree, right? I want to put them in a yes state. So I find a place I can agree. I'm not being manipulative. I'm not lying to them. But you know what, you guys? The interest rates are so high compare depending on where you're comparing them to 
So when they say, but the interest rates are double and they're so high and everyone is saying this to me for months, I'm like, yes, they are. You're right. Let's talk about that. Do you mind if I give you some history around where rates were and where they are today? They go, of course, give me the history. Now I can talk about that the fact that rates are sitting between six and 7% on average, right? And those have dipped over the last few months. So I've been saying a normal rate has typically been for us between five and 7%. Let me tell you how I know that, right? Um, I know that because if we take 2020 and 2021, even 22 out of the mix, and we look 2019 and beyond, even January, February of 2020, before pandemic, so if we look before pandemic, most of the time our rates sat between five and 7%, depending on the year, the month, right? Rates are cyclical. They're changing all the time. If we really look back even further, right? 10, 10, 2008, 2009, prior to that, 10, 20, 30 years, we'll see rates were not only in that 5 to 7% mark, we'll see 8% years and 10% years. And if we really, I sometimes will say, depending who I think I'm talking to, if we really look back at some of our grandparents or parents, they may have even had rates of above 15%. So when we look at a timeline in our history of 2020, 2021, and a little bit of 2022, where rates were between three and 4%. And if your credit and income and your debt was really, really in the sweet spot, you might've even gotten a rate under 3%. We historically have not seen that before, but when we see that in that time period, and now we compare a five to 7% interest rate to a three to 4% interest rate or even a 2.8% interest rate. Yes, it looks like rates have doubled. It looks like they're astronomical. So now I can have these conversations based on this market, exactly what's happening in this market. And I can give them some perspective that rates are double compared to what? Compared to 2020, 2021. But historically, rates were never there anyway. Rates were always kind of where they are now or even higher. And I can tell them a personal story, right? I have a personal story where we were celebrating 12 years ago an 8% interest rate because we had had a higher rate. And we were celebrating that. Maybe that was 13 years ago, but it was quite a while ago, right? I have a personal story there. Or I can sit, I can share a client story, right? Or I have a client that celebrated uh, a rate that's much higher than even that it is now. The fact of the matter is, yes, rates are, are higher, but they're more normal than we all think. So you get, when you have these consulting conversations, whether you're walking around a house showing it to them, or you're on a phone prior to an appointment or prior to pre-approval, and you start to ask questions like, what do you know about the market? You get to hear what they believe to be true or what is maybe going to potentially get in their way. And you now get an opportunity to educate in order to help move them to where they need to be in the process. Of course, I want this buyer, if I'm talking to Lenore, to move to pre-approval and buy a house with me if that's the right thing for her to do. But now we're going to be able to have a real consultative conversation because now I've delivered this information that maybe will shift her perspective or maybe will create additional questions. And if it creates additional questions, it's usually going to be around that buyer situation itself. Does that make sense to everybody that's here? 
I am mopping when I'm spilling. <laughs> okay. All right. So that's so those are the kinds of conversations in your consult outside of things like, you know, what's the dream? What kind of a home do you want? Why are you moving or why are you selling? Those are all the basic questions that we should be asking everybody through the course of our consults. But what do you know about the market? I find to be such a powerful question, right? And there's a lot of different answers that come from that. Another answer I get um, from people when I ask them, we'll stick with buyers for a minute and I'll shift to sellers um, in the next portion here um, that I get from buyers outside of interest rates is prices are so high. And prices are high, aren't they? Their prices are up nationally compared to what they used to be. Um, And so sometimes buyers will say, I'm waiting for the prices to come down. Right. I'm waiting for the I'm one or I'm wondering if I should wait for the prices to come down. Now I have an opportunity to go. Yes, agree with them. Prices are high. They're higher than they've been. Let's talk about that. This is where I need you to have to know your market and what's happening in your market. I know what's happening nationally. And so I insert that, too, because I want to demonstrate myself as an expert in the real estate industry to whoever I'm talking to. But I always start with what's happening in the local market. So if I'm talking and I serve two markets, so I have to watch two markets. So we're going to talk, I'm going to focus on Northwest Indiana, which is one of my markets. Chicago, Illinois is another one of my markets. But if I'll focus on Indiana for now, when they say um, the prices are high and you know I, I'm, I'm not sure that I can buy a house now, maybe I'll wait. I can say, yes, prices are high. Values are up. I can understand that concern. Let me give you a little information about why prices are where they are and where I think they're going. Nobody has a crystal ball. And I actually say that to people like, I don't have a crystal ball. Nobody does. However, when we look at the past, our past predicts our future. We can use what's been happening and what's currently happening to make some educated predictions, which is what they are, about where we're going, right? And this is where I know my data. So in Northwest Indiana, if we take out 2020 and 2021, where people got lots of appreciation, right? Fierce seller's market, people got lots of appreciation. We take that out. The average home in Northwest Indiana conservatively gets about 3% appreciation a year just from living there, right? So what does that mean? Now, I never assume people know what these words are that we use in our industry, right? And never assume that. Depends on who I'm talking to. If If I know I'm talking to someone kind of savvy, then I'll speak a little bit differently. But this is another thing that's really important is um, when you write, if anybody's a writer, they tell you to write at about a third grade level. Why is that? Because you don't know always who your audience is going to be. So you appeal to a wider audience. So that doesn't mean you're writing down to people, but you want to write Typically, unless you're writing for a specific publication, you want to write about that third or fourth grade level. So everyone that reads it could glean something from it and could understand it. I do the same thing when I talk to people. So when I talk to people, I might say, great, let me tell you why prices are where they are. And so let's start with a little history. Uh, Homes in Northwest Indiana specifically over the last 10 to 15 years have received about a 3% percent appreciation rate 
conservatively. What that means is, this is when I'm defining it for them. What that means is the value of the home went up about 3% every year. And I might even do an example and say on a $200,000 home, that means next year that home is worth X, right? And I'll give them a little bit of math while I'm talking to them on the phone. The reason that I do that is to try to show them kind of where to kind of try to give them the background. Then I jump into Let's talk about where we're at now. And I'm right back to talking about 2020 and 2021. In 2020 and 2021, we had a fierce seller's market. That means we had so many buyers compared to the number of homes that you were hearing stories. Everybody's heard stories like this. You were hearing stories of 40 showings in one weekend and 15 offers and buyers bidding on homes and not always being able to get the home the first, second, or even third time, right? It taking some time and sellers just being overwhelmed with all of these showings and all of these offers and trying to pick the correct offer. Did you hear something like that? And then, you know, people always are like, yes, I heard about that. Okay. Or maybe they shopped during that time. They took a break and now they're back. So they have their own experience there that they'll share with you. So now I go, great. That really drove those values up. So depending on the price point of your home, where it was located, you might have in one of those years gotten 10 or 15% or more appreciation, which means the values really, really went up during that time. And those values have stuck. Now we're kind of back to more normal appreciation in this market, which means we're back to seeing that two or 3% a year, depending on if it's a townhome or a single family home. Um, and, and some of that will fluctuate because we're in a seller's market this year. Again, it's just not as fierce as it was. So because rates are up. So we have a lot of buyers. We still don't have enough home for all those buyers, but the rates are a little higher. So some people have tapped out. They're not able or ready to buy because of where rates are, or it doesn't work for that. So we still, we're still in a seller's market. So we're still appreciating and we expect that to continue. I don't have a crystal ball, but we expect that to con con continue as long as we have this inventory shortage. And now I can talk about that. So I really, tr most of my consultation, consultative approach is about educating where the buyer or seller needs the education. And I find that out by asking them questions, right? By asking them really good questions. Specifically, what do you know about the market? That's a really good one to be putting in there, okay? Outside of all your normal ones. Let's switch to sellers. For sellers, uh, when I say, what do you know about the market? I get a plethora of answers from sellers. Um, some of them I get, ooh, if they need to buy, it's gonna be really expensive to buy my next home, right? It might be. <laughs> it might be depending on what you're buying, right? Because you're going to sell when you sell at the top of the market, which most people are going to be able to sell in this seller's market at the top of the market. You also buy at the top of the market, depending on what you're buying and what you're looking for. So yes, you're going to make a great profit on your home, but the reality is you're going to spend a little bit more than maybe you would want to have, you would want to wanted to spend for the amenities. So now we kind of get to talk through that to see if they should be buying and selling. I am going on more and more consults lately where they don't have to sell. They don't have to buy. They don't have a life circumstance motivating them. They're just curious. And some of those folks are moving forward because while they are just curious, 
They really are. They emotionally want to make a move. They don't always need to, but they emotionally want to make a move. And others are choosing to wait. And that's okay too, which means what? As a realtor, I'm going on more appointments, going on more listing appointments than ever before because of the number of people that are just curious and a percentage of them that are going to choose to wait. And and some of them are asking me, well, based on everything I've told you after a full consult, should I sell? I can't really answer that for them, right? I can just say to them, how, what what makes sense financially, and then they have to make a decision, right? Letting them because they are going to pay more. We have someone now; they actually need to move. They built their home; they have every amenity they could ever want in their home. To rebuild that same home right now is twenty five to thirty percent more than what they built their their last home for to get all of, and that doesn't even get them all of the amenities they have in the home today. Yet they do have a life circumstance that's created a move. So we've really had to cover that because they are absolutely not open to an existing home. They are going to build. So we've really had to spend a lot of time in order to get them to list with us even. We've had to spend a lot of time talking about why prices are where they are, why building costs are where they are, that waiting is only going to make you cost is only going to drive those costs up for you. If it makes sense for you to wait, you should wait, but then you should expect that while you're waiting, those the number is going to become a higher number, whether or not, whether if you wait a year, potentially two years longer than that, I don't know what's going to happen, right? Things can change, but at least I, I feel pretty confident based on what I see in the next year or two, not having the crystal ball, that those prices are just going to be driven up higher. So if it is something you absolutely want to do or need to do, now is the time to do it, unless you're comfortable paying more next year, right? So, so those are the kinds of conversations that come from just the one question of what do you know about the market? Another thing sellers are asking um, me is if they should wait for rates to come down, real similar to buyers. Well, I should I just wait for the rates to come down? No, <laughs> because rates are going to change, right? They're going to go up, they're going to go down. You could refinance later. But if you wait, you know, then you're potentially uh, taking the same rate, right? Maybe a little bit of a lower rate, but paying more because we just talked about appreciation. So that should I wait for the rate? to come down. Well, I don't want to just answer that as a no, even though that's what my heart says. Um, I want to say to them, it depends. Do you want to pay more for the home, but get a better rate? And let's talk about that math equation. So you really want to be digging into what's happening in your markets and have your finger on the pulse of that. Go run some reports on the solds. Look at the, 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 the solds that you've had in different areas um, and what those price points were in 2017, 18, 19 compared to 21 or 2021, 22, right? Look at what's happening now too. Uh, another, another thing I'm getting from what do you know about the market from sellers is prices are decreasing. I'm seeing the prices going down. How could it be a seller's market? Because the prices are coming down. Well, they're seeing a lot of people decreasing their prices because we're often we're going in too high to begin with. We're still trying to get the market that has passed us up and we're going a little too high. Some people are pricing at the highest comps in the area, but their house is not compatible to that house, right? And rates have changed a little bit. So I'm talking to sellers about, yes, you're seeing prices coming down. There's a variety of reasons. 
One could be we're overpricing to begin with because we're still trying to ride the wave of 2020, 2021. And reality is buyers were paying a little bit more when their interest rates were half as much. If a buyer is focused on the payment, the affordability tied to the payment, that payment at a 3% interest rate looks real different at a 7% interest rate. So now if I need the payment to still be the same, I can't increase it, I'm going to be offering less on some of these properties. Um, Or some people are offering more and sellers are giving concessions. Concessions are back. Our sellers today that haven't sold a house in a long time don't know about concessions, right? Or they forgot. They forgot about concessions. What is that? Why do I have to do that? We're seeing more concessions. We didn't see as many concessions in 20 and 21. I barely saw any, a handful. Now I'm seeing that on almost every offer that's coming in on listings and I'm making them for my buyers pretty often. So that's another one that comes up in that, how's the market question? You know, Or what do you know about the market question? Well, I see that prices are decreasing. Okay, well, let's talk about that. Um, and let's talk about what that means for you. Does that mean it's not a seller's market? No. How do I know? Let me tell you how I know. And then showing them the data as much as you can. So being prepared to have these kinds of conversations and being prepared to do a consult, whether it's that first phone call out and they have time to talk to you, buyer or seller, or you're on that showing and you're starting to build rapport, the more you can demonstrate your knowledge Um, tied specifically to what they need to know, they feel they do know, or the gaps, right? You can hear the gaps when you're talking to someone and they're telling you what they know. You can hear the gaps. You can hear the information that they're missing if you're listening for it. And then you can agree with them and fill in the blanks, right? Yes, interest rates are high. Let's talk about why right? They may not have that foresight. They're just comparing to a blip in time. They don't have necessarily all of that history or they've forgotten because it's not what they do all day, right? Yes, values are up. That's good for a seller. However, if you're a seller buyer, here's also what that means. Now, I'm not trying to deter anybody and turn them away. trying to give them all the information. Something I'm doing more and more, and I feel like I've done it always for a long time, but it's becoming more important is talking to uh, buyer sellers about the math on both sides of the equation. Here's what the math looks like on the sale of your property. Here's what the math looks like on the purchase of your property before we've done anything. So because if I could put the financials in their hand and then give them a glimpse of what that could look like next year, let's assume we waited a year, especially if they're considering that. Let's talk about what it could. I don't have a crystal ball, but realistically, what it could look like a year from now. Now you've given them some data to make decisions. It's very helpful. What it does most often for me is it moves that buyer seller that's on the fence to the next step. Often it moves them into the process. Sometimes though, it, it it helps them make a decision to wait which I'm okay with too, because if I'm a part of helping them make a decision to wait, because financially, that's a better situation for them. Now I'm going to stay in contact with them because at some point they're going to want to make that move. So when they make that move, I want to still be the one, right, that consulted with them and stayed in touch so that they're more likely to work with me and not shop around later on for that business. And I'm having that happen. I had someone that waited last year and this year they're now making a buy, the buy sell move. So I've just stayed in touch with them all this time. Actually, I have a few people like that um, that chose to wait and are now making those moves um, because they had some options. 
So being ready to do your, today was not about what's my typical consult? What are all the questions I need to ask? What's the information I need to gather to better move people through the process? Today was more about what is it we should be talking about? And you could argue you should be asking that question. What do you know about the market in every market? But I'll say for me, it's become more important, um, especially it became super important in that 2020, 2020, 2021 market that we were in when people just didn't understand what was happening, right? And some were very excited. Buyers were very excited. So were sellers. But then, you know, they didn't understand that it was all, were also going to be some challenges. Even in a market like that, there were going to be some challenges for both sides. Um, it sounds great that a seller has 40 showings in two days and 15 offers, but it's a challenge also, right? There's some challenges to that for those sellers. They have to make a really good decision. Um, and they have only so much time. And yes, they have a lot of leverage and there's a lot of positive, but there were some challenge there. Buyers, tons of challenge. Buyers had to know I was in my consult. Then I was telling buyers, we're probably not getting the first offer. And it doesn't mean I'm not good at what I do. It's not about that. I was putting that out there. We're probably not getting the first offer. Here's why you're going to be up against 40 different people. And unless you've got even that cash buyers, but unless my cash buyers probably more likely were getting it. But unless you were pulling out cash and all the stops, a loan is a loan, right? FHA, you were going to have a harder time than a conventional. Better have a lot of money down, right? Those were those conversations. Little different now, not quite as competitive, but still my FHA buyers are struggling more than my conventional buyers now in this, in this market. So those are things to be able to explain to them and tell them um, during your opportunity to consult, whether that's that first phone call, a follow-up call, a Zoom meeting like this. I'm doing lots of consults on Zoom with people aren't quite ready to meet or go out yet because they have questions that they're not ready to ask, right? So getting on Zoom with, with folks is really important. I have one now. Well, I'm not buying until December, so I don't need to talk to you. I'm like, no, you need to talk to me right now to get you ready for December. So we have a Zoom meet consult coming up so that we can say, let's just talk. So I don't, you know, for us, it's a consultative approach. It's a consult. So we can learn what is it that they know? What is it that they believe? In addition to what's their motivation? Why do they want to move? Why do they want to sell? All of those things, where do they want to go? What do they need? How much money? Are they even qualified? Right. All of that is the normal stuff. But what is it that they know? What is it they believe? Where are the gaps in their knowledge that you can become the expert in their eyes through that one interaction or two interactions and start to move them in the direction that they want or need to go in? I hope you found today valuable, guys. Have a great, great, great Wednesday and I'll see y'all next Wednesday. Take care. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our eXp organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about eXp or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.